and gentlemen, welcome back to another installment of The Greg Gap. We are continuing with our Under 30s Director Initiative, and today I'm joined by someone that I've also worked with before. That's kind of a common theme on this podcast, I almost feel like. Everyone that we've interviewed so far, I've worked with in some capacity, but I wasn't actually on the set for, I haven't even introduced him yet. Look at me, I'm already rambling. Hold on. Look. I'm sitting here with my boy, Matthew Robayo, director of, now, do you want it to be pronounced no man or no man? No man, right? Yeah. Okay. No man. You can catch it at our MDC Film Festival date pending, I believe. I don't know if they've given us a date yet, right? Uh, they said December 14 or 15, but I guess it's still sort of pending. Okay. Got you. Now, like I said, or what I was getting into is the difference between... Uh, the bumper to bumper, which was the last episode, check it out if you haven't. And this one is I actually wasn't on the set of No Man, no point. So I'm going into this completely blind. So forgive me if I've got hella questions because I'm excited about this one. I do not, and maybe that's just me. I feel like I do not see a lot of horror student films. Am I wrong in that, or or is there just a library that you know so more of than me? The only other, uh, I'd say the only other uh, horror, like straight horror that I can remember was from last semester uh, that uh, Zachary Deberdow did, uh, Knocking okay. the Wood. That's the last one I remember before that, or at least during my times um, studying for my associates. Yeah. I don't remember much. Like even back then, uh, the only horror I remember is my own, yeah. which, is, which is the original version of this movie that I'm making. And we did... Uh... We did like a short assignment. It wasn't really, it was horror because of what we chose, but the uh, we had like a scene assignment with Ellis. I don't know if you. Yeah, bad cinematography. That. Yeah. We did that scene from Halloween. Yeah. Which was, of course, horror, but, you know, it wasn't a horror based, you know, entire film. We more so did just the. Kind of wish. Yeah. You know, that would have been really cool. You were, funny enough, you were the dude getting a. Cause I've never, you know, conf- I've never seen Michael Myers, or I've never seen ha- Halloween. Really? The only one I've seen is the one with the scene where that girl's like crying and she's got the shotgun and she's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then like he pops up on the series and she's like, gotcha, bitch type shit. Yeah, that's the 2018 one. But if you ever want to watch like any of the recent ones, don't watch the last one. Okay. So you saw Halloween ends. It's it's literally Teen Wolf. No. With Halloween. Like they had like this whole subplot of this. It seemed like they got inspired by like some sort of like bullying school shooter sort uh-huh. of nonsense. Uh, it, it just wasn't Mike- Michael Myers was in the movie probably for like I'd say through the entire near two hour runtime probably like I'd say five to seven minutes. No way. Like what kind but, of Halloween? Movie? Yeah, but I'm guessing Jamie Lee was in it like the whole time. Yeah, ironically, because in the last one, she was basically sidelined the entire yeah. movie. And this is not like Michael. She's kind of just like the estranged grandma in the 2018 one that I'm thinking of, right? Like the, yeah, okay. Were the daughters in there at all? The ones from the... Well, that's a spoiler. Okay, okay. You know what? Fair, 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 fair. Yeah. Me, I'm probably honestly still never going to watch it because I'll tell you something else. Horror is it's not for me, bro. It's not for me. Not I, I like you know what I like. I like plucky horror, like Stranger Things, Fear Street. I like horror with a little bit of hope in there. I'm not really with the with the slasher stuff. I went to see X. 
That's the uh, I forgot who directed that one, but I went to see X a couple of uh months back. Did you see that? I haven't seen that one. Yet. I haven't even seen Pearl yet. I missed on a bunch of good horror okay. movies. That- well, no spoilers, but that movie is very, very, very gory, and it made me kind of uncomfortable. Like the my girlfriend who I went with, she's like a horror buff, so she loved it. She eyes glued to the screen. Some of those kills, I literally couldn't look. I literally had my hand up, and I was like, is it over yet? But that's just me. I'm not... How would you get someone into horror that's... What's the appeal to horror to you? Like, what's the end? Uh, me, I like the scare factor. Okay. Like, I was a little kid, like... As far as I can remember, the one that really traumatized me when I was, like, four or five years old would be... I Either one of the Halloween movies, the mm-hmm. older ones, or Scream. I think it was okay. the third one. So like you, I was, you I was always like being scared. Yeah, like I mean that adrenaline rush, just That's feeling that, that entire thrill. It's just like it really uh, keeps you uh, motivated to like continue watching it at least to see what's gonna happen towards the end. Dude, last night, just last night, I was watching like two scented horror stories with my friends, bro. After the first jump scare, I was done. I was done. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like that, you know, heart racing feeling but speaking of that heart racing feeling i do want to you know of course this is a podcast about Nomen, your film that uh almost i feel like production one films are kind of like the magnum opus of nbc students you know what i mean it's your it's usually the last film they really play a big role in on their uh on their exit you know to their bachelors and you know onto their graduates if that's something they uh uh they want to do but i want to ask you what were the challenges in getting Nomen to feel like that, to, to give people that scare factor, especially with, you know, as much money as NBC gives, we got to call these what they are. They are low budget films. We we're not really working with any CGI or computer generated things that can go, you know, as far as they do in, you know, AAA studio titles. But so again, what were some of the challenges in making Nomen scary? So I'd say more, most of it had to do with uh, pre-production and the writing process. Okay. So especially the writing process that went through so many different concepts, so many different drafts, yeah. uh, especially um, in response to the feedback I received from not just the class, but also the professor mm-hmm. and from my peers. Um, my, I'd say out of all the concepts I did in the very first one, that was my first one. That's the one I initially wanted to make, but yeah. as um, pre-production moved forward, I realized that this is going to be a little difficult to shoot, at least with the budget that we're doing and yeah. with the resources that we have. So I basically trunked it down, well, trunked it down as much as yeah. I could. I got bits and pieces of all the different concepts that I wrote and just like yeah. put it all together. And then, I mean, I didn't, all the other concepts that I have, um, I actually did not throw away. I actually have it on the side because I figured they yeah. could be their own useful ideas. Yeah. And especially since, you know, you said the first one was your original image and, you really only had to scrunch it down because of budget reasons, you know? Uh, yeah. Universe willing and stuff. Matthew, I've seen your work, man. You are a talented young man. You, you, you'll go that distance. You'll get those budgets, and then you can make the film of your choice. There's no more scrunching it down. You want a three-hour you want a three hour moment film? <laughs> three-hour moment film, you know, immediately. But yeah. I will say this, though. Um, from the way I'm looking at the how the film looks currently, uh, during the editing process, I somehow managed to keep at least a good portion of the narrative beats of the original. Yeah. Okay. So, like, it's completely different story. 
like uh but it still somehow follows the same original beats yeah of course you know and, and when you're not when you're working within the time frame we also have for these films i feel like in order for you to because i was a part of that uh also that uh process of you know submitting all those scripts to adrian and i mean a part of it in the sense of like a spectator's part i didn't submit anything but like and i I feel like you didn't even really, if you really wanted to deviate that far, I feel like there wasn't even really that much time. Like you kind of had to stick with what you already had and kind of just tweak it to, I don't want to say his liking, but more the board's liking, because we actually kind of had like a board of, you know, uh, professors and NDC alumni that were like reading the scripts. What was that process like? Uh, stressing. <laughs> yeah, because you guys had a—I don't know if it was Zoom or if it was in public. Where was that meeting? Because I know you guys had a meeting of like, uh, you know what I'm talking about—a meeting where you guys sat down and. I think it was. I don't know. If it was Zoom. It was some sort of. I don't remember. I think. I think it was Zoom. Mm -hmm. I think I don't know. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, that entire thing. Uh, like it already up to that point, I was very stressed out because I was trying to like trying to find ways to like uh get uh professor adrian like to like at least like get adjusted to um because one complaint he had was the the characters like i had to keep um finding ways to like make the characters more dynamic more likable uh -huh. just keep the audience uh interested but once we got to that point uh i already had like a little makeshift concept i shot with my phone I, yeah i was that was uh, I did the best I could with that because I I didn't have time to run out of the equipment since I think the um there was like other uh the other workshop people and I think other people in the film, yeah. for film the, class they were running out of the equipment so I I didn't get a chance to yeah, do it for the proof of concepts and stuff yeah so I had to work what I had and at that point the script was still being rewritten even like the script wasn't finalized up until I'd say a week before shooting started. Oh, so, oh after, so after you already got, you know, we knew yeah. that Noman was getting made, you're still in the editing process of the script? Yeah, whatever the board, uh, Adrian, anybody read at that point, yeah, uh, yeah it, it already changed by, uh, after oh. that. And you know, but that's kind of just how it goes, I feel like. I feel like you hear about all the time that there's like, even on, like, day of, like, script changes, like, on sets and stuff. But, I mean, that's just, you know, the business and... Yeah. how it goes creative juices are always flowing you can't really stop that stuff so no uh, once you get it flowing like literally you can't stop yeah and um i'd say uh out of all the changes i did at least like uh I used, whether it's the week or during production um was this one big scene towards the end that i didn't had no choice but to cut down because one uh we had a limit about a time because um it required a lot of makeup work, mm. a lot of VFX, a lot of blocking. And at that point, I just had to find a way to get around that. Yeah. And really, my solution to that was, uh, I guess you can say, just leave it up to the audience imagination. I found I, I sort of filmed it, but didn't film it. Yeah. Anymore. Or was it a case of filmed it and not exactly going to use it or? Uh, well, the thing uh, is, it's like I actually did. I mean, I didn't film the original concept of the scene but i okay. i did uh make it in a way that the uh, just tiny little thing you kind of hear it yeah happen. okay got you i so, figured like because with me when it uh, comes to my kind of horror i like the horror that doesn't show too much like good example uh i don't know if you ever seen the the nun 
No. Like I one haven't. of the Conjuring Universe movies, or I, I could even use like one of the Conjuring movies as an example, specifically the third one that came out. Yeah. Um, I don't like horror movies that show too much, like it, especially if the supernatural, if they're just showing too much of the ghost, yeah, showing too much jump scares because like then it just takes me out. I'm like, okay, I'm just expecting the ghost to pop up in that next yeah. thing. Like hold it back a little longer. That's yeah. that's my sort of thing. Okay. Is that and you said is that just strictly for supernatural for you, or is that like all horror movies? You kind of like the suspense of not really knowing or fully seeing what the main characters are up against. Yeah, it depends. Uh, I mean, slashers, I guess that varies. I mean, specifically mm -hmm. with Michael Myers or Jason, like they're always popping up here and they're killing yeah. people. But with supernatural or even or good example of a horror that doesn't show too much of their like killer villain whatever, Jaws. Oh yeah, and you know what? I believe. I remember, I, I I don't know if it was recent or it was back then, but they said that was all like a part of the plan. They feel like it's more suspenseful the less you see of it. And, you know, Jaws, timeless classic, that that rings true. Oh, on the contrary, um, they were actually going to show a lot more of the shark oh. back then. Mm -hmm. The problem was that the, the shark wasn't working most of the time. It kept breaking down. They had to keep shooting. And since they were... That was that was the first film production ever that was filming on on actual like ocean water, instead so, of like a set. Yeah, or a set, or just like, uh, because I think at a certain point they shot like some freshwater lake or something. But even though like, yeah, shark wasn't working, so most of the scenes couldn't work. Um, they just weren't working anymore. So they had to basically just cut down on that because in the actual book, most of the book was written from the point of view of the shark. Wow. Yeah. So how, I wonder how that was. Have you read it? I read up to a certain point, then I just uh, gave up. <laughs> like reading, yeah. uh, reading is not sort of my thing. Well, I mean, I'm trying to get back into it now. I just started reading Godfather. Okay, that's really interesting. But um, yeah, literally, like the first page is just the point of view of the shark. Like you've seen Jaws, right? Yeah. Okay, that first shot you see of the the camera going through the water. That's literally how the book starts. Oh wow. And you said, is it majority of the book or the whole book is from the uh, certain, certain parts of the book? Okay, got you. Like the book is completely different in characterization and things that happen. Like Steven Spielberg had similar. She had to like basically get all the concepts, like the good concepts and just like yeah. chunk it down into uh, the movie he ended up making uh, back then. You know, they do that a lot with book to movie. Like it's kind of night and day sometimes, but that's because they say certain stuff doesn't like translate to screen very well. But yeah. That's literally with everything. I have another good example. You can say Forrest Gump. The book, like the character and the book, is mostly different from everything that happened in the movie. And, and, and if anything, the movie made Forrest Gump more likable. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me get back to these questions. Obviously, I'm gonna cut this mm -hmm. part out, but I have like so many lists questions. Ask away. All right. So, I wanted to ask, were you present for the audition process of Noman? Honestly, to tell you the truth, even though I told Adrian otherwise, no, there was no audition process. Oh, okay. He had my actors in mind from day one. Okay. So, I can still ask a question, then. What do you look for in horror actors? What, what, what do you think someone needs to portray fear? Well, specifically with my name... My main actress, Gabrielle Alexander, um, she's been in horror before. I think she directed like some horror thriller uh, okay. back thing. Um, 
I met her at this media marketing company. I was a video editor. She was a video editor there. And um, I've seen some of her work. And yeah, I, I automatically, I knew if I were to make like another horror movie, like she'd be like my top choice for the lead. Okay. And she actually, um, even on set, like she was really on point with uh, a lot of my directions. Uh, um, during some of the rehearsals we did, it was a little, uh, I guess a little choppy because um, I had to do them late at night since I have to work during the day. Yeah. And I had classes uh, and I, I noticed at least with like all three of my actors, like during the rehearsals, they were pretty tired. Yeah. She got on set and the camera started rolling like that said they kick into high gears, specifically her. She completely narrowed the parts where I really needed her to show me some actual fear, some actual yeah. motion. And I, I guess I'll say the, the movie will speak for itself because I don't want to say too much. Yeah, of course, of course. Like I personally have only seen like the rough cut, but obviously it was incredible. Now, like I said, I'm not a horror man. So, you know, sometimes you know, there's some closet doors in the movie where I'm like, but was it that was a closet door, right? The one in the bleep, you know, kitchen. Yeah. That was yeah. No, funny way the way we shot that because those are actually two different closets. Oh, really? Like the one she's in and the one with the like the outside, like the door, right? Yeah, if you remember the outside, like when she opens it, that like, you can tell it's pretty yeah. tight. Like only she can basically she's the only one that can fit. So we actually shot that on the second floor in a different closet that actually had a similar door frame. Yeah, but the inside was actually like much bigger. It was. It was huge. Like uh, me and the DP, we were sitting on top of this like shelf, just shooting her from there. Yeah, and your location—you got that for like that's a whole different person's house, right? Uh, yeah, that's an Airbnb we got in Color Bay. Okay. Initially, like initially, I wanted to shoot it at the. Uh -huh. Oh, you're good. I don't know if you remember uh, whether it's the trailer or the the rough cut, the the uh, established shot with the red door. Yeah, I think that was yeah. the trailer. Yeah, that was initially the location I wanted to shoot everything at, yeah. but there were some complications with the owner of the house. Uh, it was it's my friend's house, but it's his dad's house. Yeah. Okay. And um, uh, basically, long story short, like we couldn't shoot inside the house, but we could shoot outside. My like, okay, no problem. And then literally about three days before shooting, uh, the guy basically cancels on us. <sighs> Long story short on that one, it would have been nice because me and the DP, we talked to him a month beforehand. Yeah. We told him everything we're going to do outside. We're not going to go inside his house. We're just shooting outside and have like a, a fake police car, fake officer, like helping us out and everything. And the um, the actual cop that's going to be on the side with us. Yeah. And he said, yeah, that's fine. But we never got it written down or anything. So we didn't have any proof. So once uh, we got to the three days before shooting, Long story short, it would have been nice if uh, he told us a month prior that he was being investigated for some situation that happened. Oh, my yeah. God. That sounds like a horror story of its own. Like, and three days before, too, like, I know that I, I can see it in your face. I know that was stressful. No, nah, I just wanted to crash my car at that point because <laughs> I had to scramble so fast because that same day I was getting the approval to get the, the, the patrol car to... Uh, you know, the patrol yeah. car that's on the side with us. Mm -hmm. I had to just drive around Kendall, scrambling to find, like, a decent-looking house that can, like, substitute for the yeah. original. And, like, you have scenes, you know, that are integral, like, you know, certain blocking and positioning, like, based on probably the, it's of that house, right? So, 
That, I had to storyboard it and everything. That sucks, dude. I'm I'm sorry that that happened to you. Let me let me be the one to say. I I know I know that's rough. It gets it gets it gets better. Let's just say that. Okay. Okay. So we ended up finding a house. I um, went to this house that's across the street from another friend's house that we usually do short films there and stuff. Yeah. And they were perfectly okay with it. They signed the. They, I made like a little makeshift agreement. They signed it and everything. Got their contact info. I emailed it to the uh to the website that was part of the school board or something yeah got the approval for that so that was the first day day one we shot that day that was we're basically shooting the ending okay and um when we get home was it the next morning i remember we find out that um that the footage is gone what do you mean what happened to it I guess the the uh, he has a he has a Sony FX3. I forgot the memory he was using, but I guess it got corrupted because we were playing back the footage. Like I, I could see everything. Yeah. Everything up until then, everything was fine up until we got home. No, strike that. We went to the studio. Okay, we went to the studio to see it that same night, and everything was just gone. The audio was still there, but no, no footage. footage. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? Uh, probably a lot of the stuff. You know, again, I, I've seen the rough cut, but. I feel like it's way more salvageable to have like the footage and no audio as opposed to like, you know, audio, and no footage. But, you know, funny enough, I have obviously my story is not as dire because I was film one personally. But like in film one, uh, let's just say the due date was August 16th. I'm just gonna make a random date. Due date was August 16th. This was the short film, you know, no dialogue. We had already listened, man. We had already filmed the uh we filmed, we had an action scene. And I mean, I actually went out to a friend's karate dojo. I got a sensei to come and fucking block the scene for us and shit. Like, I paid him too, of course. I wasn't just going to waste his time, you know, for free. We had already filmed all the scenes with an actress who couldn't be on set every day. Like, she was very busy. I want to say about two weeks before... Like, the, we were getting into the editing process. We get a text message from the editor. Yo, I dropped the camera with the card inside. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if everything's still good. So all day, we're waiting. As soon as I saw the first part of that message was, yo, my fault, guys. I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah, it does. But you know what? I feel like everything like that, in the weirdest of ways, man, when you're really passionate about it, all of that stuff like happens for a reason. Because what we made in those two weeks, first off, uh, let me tune my own. We were the underdogs. Everyone knew about it. Everyone knew that we dropped our car and we had nothing two weeks before it was due. When I tell you, it just, it, it's almost like it just re-motivated everyone. Like, we got two weeks to kill it we were filming every day like even days we didn't have the class it was filming every day and honestly i think what we got in those two weeks came out better than what we already had and luckily the sensei was nice so we didn't have to pay him again he blocked the scene again for us so that was kind of him but you know just words of encouragement i guess everything happens for a reason again i've only seen the rough cut but i'm sure the final product is is going to be incredible yeah, you can say that phrase with a lot of situations. Um, we actually ended up reshooting that a week after um the initial shooting. Yeah, uh, and that's why I'll re 
that's why I'll repeat myself when I say that that's when my actress really showed yeah like her just her entire like uh what's the word for it how motivated she was to play this character because mind you this is a week after initial shooting happened yeah. she had to basically get back into a character she hadn't touched like in a while like the ending it's a really emotional scene for her character so she yeah. had to get back into that mindset and she just like gave it to me exactly how i initially wanted it so dude i can only yeah. imagine as a director how good that feels to just something leaps from your mind to the camera perfectly the way you want it because that's not always the case with uh with a lot of direction but you know what? i did want to ask speaking of actors uh the characters in this movie they are aspiring social media stars. Have you ever watched any found footage like social media horror? Uh, ironically enough, I saw I rewatched Unfriended the other day. Okay, I've never yeah, seen I've, Unfriended. That's the one where they're like on Facebook, like a Facebook call or Skype. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I haven't seen that movie since I saw it in theaters back in what was it, two thousand twelve? Yeah, I was a I was a we were babies like. I was in like sophomore, junior year of high school back then, but I mostly remember the theater, uh, uh, watching the theater because like just the reaction from everybody was so hilarious. The movie is, is actually like, it still holds up. Oh, really? It's really funny. And just, uh, just the way it ends, it just has you like, holy shit. It just keeps throwing you throughout a loop. Like you keep thinking like it, this thing's going to happen, but then something else happened. It's just yeah. like something keeps happening. It just keeps, keeps you guessing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you got to do it with where, like, once you get that mind stimulated, you got people hooked. Like, there's some movies where, you know, if they, even if they've got a rough middle, if the concept and what's going on is interesting enough, like, I'm staying to the ending. Like, I got to know. I got to satisfy that, you know, curiosity and whatnot. Yeah. And the thing with um, this film, uh, there's actually a lot of social media related stuff that I also have to cut out due to time. Oh, really? I, I wanted to include more of it, like, especially whether it's more TikTok or Snapchat or just more. Uh, that was actually part of the the that scene that, had, that I mentioned earlier that I had to cut out. It was more involved yeah. with that. But like I said, due to time and budget, I had to cut it down. So I had to work with what I had, at least during like the first half of the film. Um, one scene uh, towards the middle, basically, I uh, during filming, uh, because my main actress, she's actually like a youtube influencer okay she has her own following on youtube i asked her if it's okay we can use her actual account and she can get some of her followers to join a live stream since that's a scene uh we're basically shooting a live stream yeah and she said that's that's okay so once we had everything set up we got the real camera set up we got the webcam set up her followers are ready to go and i even had some of the cast and crew um get on their own youtube accounts just just yeah, start say things yeah okay yeah, so that was actually, I'd say, one of the most fun parts of the shoot. Okay. Just literally having just everyone, the cast, crew, just random people on yeah. YouTube just being on it. It was, that's, it's the very first time I do something like that. I think that, that's the first time anybody in that room did something like that. Even my main actress, since yeah. you know, she mostly does like YouTube videos like that since. And I uh, feel like a lot of that stuff is usually like post too. Like they'll just record it and then like they'll throw a fake yeah. like reel of comments on. So that's cool that you guys did that. I guess the the phrase is practically right yeah literally uh, initially i was gonna do it just vfx just have my guy make some makeshift uh makeshift uh comments or something on the side but i figured no this is i don't i don't want to make it too artificial you know yeah i get you 
So besides that, um, social media wise, I say there's like a little bit of TikTok in there. Okay. Uh, really anything else I wanted to put, I couldn't. I, I partially I wanted to do it uh found footage style. Okay. I, oh, like with the TikTok, like the live stream and whatnot. Yeah, that would have been yeah. that would have been really cool. That was an that was the um, the ending I had for the the job that I presented to the board. Yeah. Like everything was being recorded like live uh tiktok style yeah because i know there was one draft where like a camera or like a live stream gets left on at you know the house where the main story takes place right am i correct in that uh yeah i did manage to keep some of that but not entirely okay i was actually gonna i wanted to put a little more of that towards the end but we were already pressed for time it was the last day Okay, that's fair. The last day was, I'd say, the well, not the last day technically. It's the 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 third day of shooting. We were basically shooting uh uh the scene that's right before the actual ending of the movie. Yeah, and that required like a lot of prepping, a lot of blocking, a lot of uh, makeup, movie effects at and serve parts. Yeah, but unfortunately, you know, we can't uh, make everything work. So. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back after a quick message from my sponsor. When we come back, more about the visuals on No Man. Looking to take that first leap into the entertainment industry and you don't know how? Parents on your back about getting in school after graduating high school? Well, no worries, because the School of Entertainment and Design Technology has you covered. SEDT offers training in a variety of exciting careers and creative industries such as computer animation, film production, graphic design, music business, TV production, web design, and more. Now all this exceptional education does come at a great cost. The programs are designed to provide technical, theoretical, and practical hands-on experience to empower students to meet the increasing demands of the local entertainment and multimedia industries. If you're looking to learn more, head on over to mdc.edu slash sedt today. Welcome back, everyone. Returning to the Greg Ab. It's still me, and it's still Matt, and we're still talking about Nomen. But now I want to kind of hop into, we spoke about it briefly with uh, your closet trick and, uh, you know, the found footage style, but I want to talk more to you about visually conveying horror and how you make something terrifying to somebody's eyes. So I guess the first thing I should ask you is what visually, uh, in terms of movies or horrors or just in general, what visually terrifies you? Well, as I mentioned before, what visually terrifies me is what I don't see visually. Yeah. Cause you, I, I, I guess it's mostly imagination. Like, cause once you let your imagination start filling in those holes, you realize that your brain's a lot meaner to you than it really should be. But yeah, and not just visually, just like sound wise, like one oh, of the most aspects yeah. of horror is the sound design. Like, good example I can bring up, uh, I'd say uh, I could use uh, Insidious as a good example mm-hmm. of really good sound design. Uh, you've never seen Insidious, I'm assuming. No. <laughs> this, well, I might be the worst guy for this, you know, like to to have someone so vetted in horror and then me just like, have you seen that? No. Have you seen that? No, not really. Have you seen that? I saw, I saw a scene on YouTube, you know, like. I could be better. I could be better. I'll try and watch some more horror, man. But it's hard, dude. It's like we're just talking about visually. Like it, 
it terrifies me. And I'm not afraid to, you know, I've always told people like with roller coasters and stuff, like, I why do I want to be scared? Like, what is, what is, but I guess like you said, the adrenaline is exciting and whatnot, but I don't know. I find that more terrifying than exciting. If you, want, talk a good, more, hmm? if you want a good horror to start with, like whenever, Conjuring 2. Okay. I've heard Conjuring is more like creepy than like jump scare horror, right? Uh, yeah, su it's supernatural horror. Uh, out of all of them, I'd say Conjuring 2 is the best one. You, if anything, watch the first Conjuring after that. The Annabelle's are eh. Mm -hmm. the That's the puppet girl, yeah. Yeah, maybe the second Annabelle, is as I say, is the best one, but everything else is eh. The Nun was eh. La Llorona was eh. The third Conjuring was eh. It just... You know what? I saw that. I Which saw one? uh Yorona. I saw that. It was a day after the beach. My friends were like, let's go watch a movie. And then it winded up being that movie. Again, head and hands experience. But I do remember. So I remember there was like a priest. Uh, I remember. I remember the little girl. I remember not liking her very much. I haven't seen the La Llorona. Ironically enough, uh, the movie got such a low rating that they they just released uh, the Conjuring Universe collection set. They didn't even yeah. include that. Yeah, fair enough. It was very loosely connected too, right? Because it was just a character appearance that like tied them together, right? Don't remember which character. Like I said, I haven't seen La Llorona, so. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I there's the La Llorona. Well, that director for that one, I forgot his name. He directed the third one, which is like where things mm -hmm. start going downhill because it gets to a point where, like, like the way my dad says it, like mucha fantasia. There's like too much BS going yeah, on. Yeah. Okay. He's not grounded. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I want to say like, you know, and, and that's the thing. I'd never seen The Conjuring, but I feel like in movies, you can always tell when something's like, you know, more of like a, they want you to sit there and be like, oh my God, rather than like, you know, it servicing the story. Like, I, I don't remember the character, obviously, because it's been years, but when I did watch it, I was like, that's the guy from another movie. Like the way there, you know, it's a, it's a nice monologue over his hand writing in a book and then he closes it. Doom. And they slowly pan up and he does like the, you know, the jawline stare off. He's like, I don't know. It kind of felt like a, like an MCU after credit scene when that dude showed up. I don't even know if he survived the movie. I, the people, everything's, everything's connected with some sort of universe now. Yeah. Which is cool in one way. I, I, I think that's good for like franchise movies, like the superhero stuff. Cause you can make like these big spectacle movies, you know, IE Avengers, Endgame, all that stuff. But like, I feel like, I feel like at some point it goes too far. I do like the the concept of like Breaking Bad, like the Breaking Bad universe, uh, the the movie they dropped, uh, Better Call Saul, and then obviously the original Breaking Bad. Because again, those are like grounded, and the cameos are like you know servicing the story. But that's just me personally. Yeah, I guess it depends on which one. Like you want to. A bad example, I could say Walking Dead at this point. Okay, yeah, Walking Dead has gone on far too long. I stopped after Rick died. Oh, you know what? I've never even I've never even seen that. I've seen the clip of it, but I had I had abandoned ship at like season six, seven. He, he's alive. They just haven't brought him back. It's yeah. just the act, the actor wanted to be with his family. Yeah, that's understandable. But yeah. if you're because they said they're gonna make like move Walking Dead movies with him. Yes, edit. that's right. Yeah. I just, back in the show later but they haven't done none of that so at this point they should have just killed them off for good yeah apparently that's supposed to cap a cap off for him and michonne that movie 
Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's him and Diana Guerrero that are like, yo, we're done. Like, here, here's your last chance to use us. Go crazy. So I think mm-hmm. I think the movie is centered around them. But there's so much, you know, and that's the thing with comic book adaptations. I feel like when you go off the walls and, like, you kind of start doing your own thing, you can either be met with, like, praise, even from fans of the original, or, like, contempt. I think a good example is like the boys the boys is like fully deviated from the comics and it's better it's most de- if you read the comic, it's most definitely the superior I, at I've least in my neither. opinion i've seen neither neither the comic nor the show you know when you get a chance i would really really recommend starting the show especially if you like black adam or at least from the tone that i got from the trailers i think you'll definitely like enjoy the boys I, i'd say the closest thing i've seen to that was invincible okay yeah Dude, and Invincible was great too. No, oh, I was fuck out of me. And when I realized that it's made by the same guy that did The Walking Dead, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, bro. Robert Kirkman. Yeah, yeah, he's a good writer. I actually really like all of his stuff. You know, I've never read The Walking Dead comics because I, I, I believe the show is pretty faithful, and then it kind of splits. Yeah, I've never read the the comic version. I need to get to that though. But I was talking about uh, the little girl in uh, Yairona and like how I found her unlikable. What can you do to make horror characters? likable and, and before you even answer i feel like as a viewer just make the decision making make sense i have never I, I rarely have i ever seen a horror movie where i feel like everyone is actually making the smartest decision and of course you know as an audience member sometimes you have information that the characters don't but even then i feel like anyway i want to get to your answer what do you do to make your horror characters likable without making them too over the top well, it's funny you say it about not making the like smart decisions because literally the first thing my character makes it's it's not it's not a smart decision. Yeah. She's literally trying to summon a demon for views. Yeah, but I feel like that in itself is kind of like a I don't know if you were going for, it, but that's that's a that's a commentary. That's like a you know that's like a and point. You know, like a what people will do for for views, man. Like. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what my concept ended up morphing to. Because initially, it was just like a simple, simple slasher movie. Yeah. Uh, it ended up having a real commentary in it. But as the writing process went on, I got to this point. I and I, I was just like basically watching. Big example, just people like who eat Tide Pods or yeah, those uh, stupid challenges that like some kids do nowadays. That basically ends up getting uh, having them get hurt. Yeah. sort of like show the consequences of doing something extreme like that yeah especially when your end goal is a couple clicks like on a social media like that's that's insane yeah it's uh stuff like that it it doesn't end up being worth it so when it comes to my character uh at least throughout the progression of the story i wanted to show specifically with her in terms of her her reaction to her 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 fear to show how she starts realizing, okay, like I re- I think I've um gotten the short end of the stick of this. Like this is uh getting a little too far. Yeah. And I want to say a little more in regards to that, but there's like a twist with a t- within a twist yeah. in there. So you don't want to like, you know, spoil the twist yeah. for anybody that is going to watch. No, I-, I completely get that. But but with regards to the other characters, um uh the the Johnny character uh, who plays uh, Christian Lord he he plays her boyfriend Johnny mm-hmm. yeah uh, with his character I mostly based it on the actor himself but okay. a, little, a little more douchier yeah 
basically just like the laid back, almost uh, stoner kind of dude. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's witty, Playing funny. Pranks, yeah. Yeah, like literally, I just based it on the actor himself, and he just played it perfectly. Yeah, I, sometimes I, it's, it's that easy to cast someone as like a character that's basically them. Like you could almost debate: are they even really acting? You know, like kind of just doing their own thing. Yeah, and I figured he'd make a good contrast to my main lead because like she actually takes her own work seriously, and with him, he doesn't. Yeah, okay. No, that makes sense. And, and you know what's crazy? I don't mm. think this is a spoiler. That was great. Like, he's finding more success. That Yeah, ironically enough. Yeah. And that's kind of how it goes, though. Like, as you saw in the rough, because she's trying to, like, weed off his success. Like, yeah. Hey, can you tell me your followers to come uh, yeah. watch my stream? He's like, no. But, um, and the other actor, uh, Zuko, uh, Zuko Noxley, I, I don't know. How to as the police now. officer, right? As a police yeah. officer, yeah. His character, I'd say, went through the most transformations throughout the the production process in general. Because he was like a, a detective originally, right? A detective, he had yeah. nothing to do with the main character at all. He was yeah. just some just a detective that got thrown into this uh, investigation. Until eventually, um, I forgot who was it. I think it was my producer that pointed out that making him related to the main character somehow, especially as someone uh, who works for the law, it mm -hmm. will create a conflict of interest within his, not just his character, but within the story. Okay. Especially with, uh, at, well, you know what happens in the end, right? Yeah. So especially with that, um, and the way he played it off, uh, initially I wanted him to be similar to, uh, have you seen, you ever seen Lucifer by any chance? No, but... You know, it's funny. I've seen like fan edits, you know, like the TikToks, like the, you know, you throw like a pop song over it. Like, I'm a bitch. I'm a boss. I'm a bitch. And it's like someone walking through. I've seen those. Yeah, I, w I wanted him um, to play the, not the, not the female detective, the, the male detective, the, the detective Dan, the, the one that's always like uh, hanging around them. I forgot the actor's huh. name. But something similar to that regards, uh, uh, kind of gruff. Yeah. Kind of grub serious until this one. I decided to make him more not laid back, but more you know, in the father, fatherly sort yeah. of sense. Like they have casual conversations because, uh, and initially, when I first started making him the father of the character, yeah, uh, they were more estranged, okay. But as I, um, like I said, the writing process went on, I decided to just make like maybe like tone that back a bit. Just uh, I say make that the only good thing in her life, okay. And you know, uh, did you give your actors like any homework, like any horror films you wanted them to watch before you know they came to the set? Or I, because I know you already trusted, you know, Gabrielle with it, with everything. But uh, yeah, um, I think with Zuko, I uh, I did tell him maybe to watch like an episode or two of Lucifer. Uh, I told him to watch uh, Conjuring. I, I mentioned Unfriended at one point. Basically, just getting like the little bits and pieces of that that's gonna make this movie work. So, yeah. just so they can get an idea. Mm -hmm. But besides that, uh, yeah, at least specifically with Gabrielle, I she had everything on point. Um, uh, everything up to that point. Uh, Chris, uh, like I said, <laughs> the character is literally him. So, all he had to do was be himself. And Zuko, just um, minor direction here and there, but overall, they all played their parts like to the T. Okay. Speaking of parts and onset, were there any complications onset? We are, we already talked about you know stuff happening beforehand. When you guys finally got there and the cameras were rolling, 
You said as far as acting goes, smooth sailing. Were there any complications or any anecdotes from the set that you want to talk about? Uh, off the top of my head, uh, I say one or two of the scenes where I'd say the longest ones to shoot for because I think scene two or scene six, mm -hmm. I'd say they took us like at least a good three, three and a half hours to shoot. Man. It was a lot of blocking, specifically with um, scene six, since that one carries on for like a good, at least currently in the rough edit, it's like close yeah. to three minutes. I'm, I'm going to have to cut that down, obviously, but yeah. that one had a lot of blocking, a lot of B-roll I had to do, and some of them I didn't even finish. I ended up like reshooting that uh, just a few weeks ago. Okay, and you're shooting today too, right? Oh, no, it's not related to the shoot. It's something else. Okay, okay, okay. So... Um, I'd say it was the second day of shooting that uh, we kind of hit a little block because uh, the main actress, she had to leave. Uh, like an emergency type thing? Uh, no, but it was something we agreed upon prior. It's okay. uh, it, it was, it's her brother's birthday. Yeah. She didn't want to miss out on that. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. So she left about uh, two hours before midnight. Mm -hmm. But we took advantage of that and we ended up shooting everything with uh, with Chris that we needed. Okay. And so basically by the next day, uh, he only had to show up for one scene. So okay. we got his out of the way. So he was good to go. Um, one other thing was, uh, I'd say, I'd say the, the last day we had with the Airbnb, the cleanup. Oh, man. No, did, anyone, did anyone sleep there? Uh, it was just me, my producer, uh, the... Zuko, and I, I think that was it. And everybody else, they just drove there the next day. So, like you said, you're someone who the mystery and the not seeing the monster is what really gets you captivated and lets your imagination flow and gets you invested in the story. So let's say you guys are sleeping at the Airbnb. Noman pulls up. Producer. Axed. You're the last one. Have you devised a way in which... Noman can even be beat. Have I devised a way for that? Uh, or are you screwed? At the current moment, yeah, I'm definitely screwed. <laughs> I mean, unless see, unless the Ghostbusters exist in this universe, then yeah, definitely. Oh shit, we need. I, I don't. What's a uh, Vankman? We need. I don't Vankman, remember all their names. I I, can't, I forget it. I just call them by their actor names at this point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or uh, Egon. There's Egon Vankman. Yeah. Um, Ray, uh, uh, the black dude, I forgot his name. I keep, I, I, for, I forgot the names. I just call him by the actor names. You know, Ernie I remember Hudson, it. Ernie Hudson, Bill Murray, uh, Dan Aykroyd, um, Dan Aykroyd, uh, Harold Ramis, and, um, uh, actually, yeah, I think that's it. Okay, yeah, guys, I think you just did four. Yeah, that's up. Yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, listen, if I'm creating a horror monster, I need at least one secret cheat way to beat him. I don't know, maybe he's scared of, like, I don't know, the color pink or something. I'll go grab a shirt from the closet. Like, I don't know. I, I personally, I couldn't create a monster with no way to defeat. But I'm not saying that for a story reason. I'm saying that because I'm scared. I, I mean, I will say this as you want to talk about uh, no man showing up out of nowhere in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. um, there was a couple moments on set that no way kind of weird oh shit he was there moments. dude is this gonna be a found footage podcast or is this gonna be like in memory of matthew 
before <laughs> Noman got to him. Well, this happened to me on the on the first night that we were there. It was after everybody's gone. Um, my producer and the um Chris and one of the PAs they were like outside chilling uh, yeah. in the backyard, and I was just cleaning up inside. I was fixing the um, the little salt circle, the pentagram circle. Yeah, fixing that up. All of a sudden, it starts getting cold. I'm like, oh, oh too cold. So I went to the I uh, turned up the AC to up to 75 or so. Mm-hmm. Started getting warmer. I'm like, okay. I I'm continuing fixing the circle, and next thing I know, I feel like a cold breeze at the back of my neck. Hell nah, dude. I'm, I'm like, gone. I just turn around. I'm like, okay. Nah, dude. I'm gone. I'm literally gone. Set canceled. And you said they were outside. Did you did you ever tell them that that happened? Yeah, I told them. I oh, told okay. them. And uh, well, they didn't seem surprised because um, one thing that I didn't keep in mind was that you're not, and even the off the the fake officer. Yeah. Uh, we hired for um, one of the shooting days. He's he worked on a similar film to this, and he even pointed out the fact that you're never supposed to have the pentagram circle like totally complete. Oh shit! Or at least. If you're gonna make a pentagram circle look complete, like mess it up somehow. Yeah. Because like if you're a believer of that kind of stuff, circles like that are literally doorways to like some other yeah dimension or and it attracts whatever, whether good or bad, like flies. Oh, that's terrifying. Well, I um, hope you guys got a good ghost. I mean You guys this, all made it out? The film was good. It's gotta be a good ghost. Here's the thing. There's one thing I did hear at one point. Uh, I don't remember who told me or if I read it somewhere online that if you feel like, if you feel a warm presence, that's good. If you feel something cold, then that's not good. Oh. So. Well, and, at least at least maybe you got a, a cold ghost that wasn't, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't tripping that day. He was like, or maybe he got invested. Maybe he's like, what's this movie about? Maybe I got to check it out. Oh, but listen to this. I don't remember if it was the first or second day that we were there, but I didn't notice this as I was focusing on the on the scene we were shooting, but uh, in the back of the kitchen where everybody else was at, like standing back, yeah, the lights started flickering. What? I don't know where. And up to that point, it's never happened. That's even like until the last day, like that never happened again. That only happened once. Yeah, I feel so bad for the people that like rented you guys at Airbnb. Like they don't know what they got into. That now they've got no men just walking around their house. Oh, it gets better. Please tell. Uh, Zuko, uh, the um, the police actor, he was basically uh, up in his room. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was also the first day. He was up in his room basically the, the entire day while waiting for his scenes to start. Yeah. And basically we were downstairs preparing. He, his door, his door of his room, it just opened by itself. And he assumed it was me because I was going back and forth just saying, hey, yeah. Zuko, you, you need anything? But this time I wasn't there. So he called my name, no response. He goes up to the door. He didn't see anything. All the doors were closed except for the one across from them. And that and apparently according to him, that one was already closed. And nobody went up there up to that point. Hell not. Nah. You know what? Uh, and good on and good on Zuko, because I'll tell you right now, if that was a horror movie, he would have hit the curious walk in there, creak the door open, and he would have been axed. He would have been he would have been the first kill. No, his reaction according to him, he just opened the door, looked at everything, saw the door in front of him, and he's like, okay. <laughs> genius that's exactly what i would do listen if i was the main character of a lot of horror movies they wouldn't even start they'd barely even start as soon as 
you know, the estranged grandma's like, hey, come to my cabin in the woods. Absolutely not, grandma. You can come meet me for dinner at Chili's or something. We're not going to no cabin. Absolutely not. But what else? You know, let me, dude, where did my phone go? No man's here. Oh, here it is. I thought Noman took my phone. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna tweet something crazy and get me canceled. Okay. All right. So back on the visuals, really quick, I wanted to ask, like, were there any like weird rigs you had to set up to get any of your your shots? Because I was on bumper to bumper, and they had like I don't know if you've seen any pictures of it. We had like this. Uh, we had like this makeshift car rig dude some of the oh, yeah. dude, uh, that was pretty dope yeah crazy if you've ever seen like the prototype for it dude we're literally using like pool noodles it was it, it was crazy no i actually saw some of the pictures like just everything you guys had set up like that was pretty that was pretty high production yeah. like, it looked pretty high production i was like impressed dude, and that's just the crew like they they put in hella work like connections like and that's mainly i feel like that's how you get along with like skimping on budget is just like connections a friend that can bring you a u-haul truck for the free you know like stuff like that but um yeah were there any interesting rigs you guys had to, to set up or was it all pretty stationary um mostly uh either station either stationary or handheld okay or at least uh, with the gimbal with handheld do you guys like do you guys because i've never been i've never been on any set where we shot handheld do people like do you have to kind of like give it a little shake on purpose or do you kind of just like naturally hold it however you you know and just well, try to rely on natural shake well with this film i played with both mm -hmm. for completely different reasons one of them being uh some of them were pov shots okay yeah characters in the movie okay and you obviously with pov like they're walking so you don't want to you know make yeah. them look like they're about to fall or something i don't know but yeah with uh not sure if i should say this a little spoiler right right here and there <laughs> okay yeah spoiler warning give ahead a couple seconds if you're trying to avoid it let's just say i did give uh noman a bit of character time oh okay oh you know what for those of you that i for the people that haven't seen that they're gonna be like what the fuck is this dude talking about no that's now i need to see it again just so i can like Oh my god! I I put two and two together. I get I get what you're saying. Oh, that's cool. That's neat. And that was like you envisioned that from the beginning, or was that kind of like a head cannon? Like ah, they won't even know. Yeah, like literally, I had that from as early as the literally as the script. Like, uh, like I mentioned earlier with the whole Jaws thing, I got inspired from that. Okay. I like I like giving like uh, like characters can't see like at least some sort of like. You know, little moments yeah. here and there. Well, other than Jaws, were there any like, uh, were there any other like horror films? Noman took like a deeper, you know, uh, inspiration. Uh, yeah, um, there was a uh, Unfriended uh, Veronica. I don't know if you've seen. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard of Veronica. It was like once named as Netflix's Netflix's um, most scary movie ever made or something. Oh, like really? That. Yeah, uh, it was good. It's it's um, I think it's a movie from Spain. Okay. It was apparently based on a true story of uh, this girl. She, uh, she played with a Ouija board, and weird shit started happening. It's um, uh, I don't know. If it was the first or the only recorded case, like at least in Spain, of an actual demonic, 
like oh, like a uh, situation actually taking place. That's terrifying. So it's so like you said, based on a real story too. Yeah. Uh, what did you? What did? What did Noman get uh, from that? Just like the the playing with the. Oh Noman, I uh, just uh, I'd say just the the usual boogeyman. Okay. The yeah. Boogeyman stories. Uh, I I looked up on creepy pastas. I see what different ideas can come up. At least with the little uh, the little rhyme you would hear at the beginning of the trailer uh -huh. or the beginning of the movie. I or the what's his name? The I don't know if you heard of the the Midnight Man game. No, I haven't. Okay, so for that one, it's very similar. Uh, basically, I guess you make like a salt circle. Mm -hmm. You stand in there, like you do some sort of chant to him. You do this like at uh, I think it's at midnight or other other versions of the story. Yeah. It's like at three a.m. And basically, you would have to survive the entire night walking around your house with a candle in the middle of the dark. Without the no with the uh the midnight man getting you, why and if, would you it? and if your candle blows out, you have to run back to the salt circle. Why would anyone ever do that? Well, I don't know how real it is. I mean, I think that's yeah. just pasta. But regardless, I'd say for me that'd be a fun game to play. Not just because of something actually happens, because literally your fear, your adrenaline, yeah. all start getting to your head, and then you actually like mentally you start feeling stuff. Don't invite me that day, Matthew. Don't yeah, make, I make no promises. Don't invite me. I don't want. Don't set me up. Don't tell me we're having like a steak dinner or something. The winner gets a prize. Let's just say that. Oh no, sir. No, sir. I won't be the winner because I won't be there. All right, fine. No, no night. No night owl cookies for you then. Oh damn! You didn't say you were gonna be night owl cookies. Yeah, that's a prize. You get a cookie. A night owl cookie. Fuck. <laughs> But um, besides that, uh, yeah, it was mostly like creepy pasta based. Uh, oh, um, uh, I don't know if you ever seen the original Boogeyman movie. No. Yeah, that one came out ooh, like two thousand five, two thousand six. Like they made a movie based on the Boogeyman, specifically the opening scene. That I mean, I mean, in retrospect, the movie is kind of bad. Yeah. That opening scene really got to me because um it just starts off with this kid in the uh, lying on his bed in the middle of the night he has like this really cool room yeah and all of a sudden he's like looking at a chair that has like a pile of clothes that's basically making the shape of a person or in a hood or something yeah like he's just staring at it for a good minute and next thing you know like the pile of clothes they just stand up Ooh. and starts walking towards him yeah that's scary like, i just I'm, I'm, like my hairs are standing up thinking about it yeah. now just Imagine that like, I always had that was always my biggest fear in the middle of the night a pile of clothes right there I was always yes. making sure that shit down dude and I was just about to say I think that's that probably got to you so much because that's so based in reality and like a real fear like as a kid something in your room's making a weird shadow and you're trying to figure out what it is and you're just hoping that it doesn't you know start creeping up yeah like and you, you know the worst part what is uh, being someone that wears glasses, cause like obviously, oh my, cause we're blind. Dude, we're anything. blind. We're blind. My mom was just telling me that <laughs> my first eye doctor exam, they thought I didn't know my ABCs because that's just how bad my vision was. Jeez. But then they finally, like, they actually printed out like the the like the letter chart and they showed it to me. And obviously, like with it in my hand, I like identified all the letters. I can't believe my my eye doctor came at me like that. Like, I can't believe he thought like. I don't know. I didn't know my ABC, so that's Damn. fucked up for him. But Matthew, I have had 
a wonderful time talking to you, asking you, but you're, you might have inspired me to watch a horror. The most recent horror movie I've watched in my recollection, I told you about X, that was the last time I saw in theaters. The most recent one I've seen, period, actually was, um, uh, would you consider Orphan a horror? Oh, the new one. No, I, not the new one. It was the, the OG one. I say, you could say thriller horror. Okay, yeah. And kind of, or I guess not supernatural, because I, I, apparently she had some sort of condition. Like, apparently it's like a real thing. Like Yeah, it's, it's more grounded. Okay, yeah. But still, you know, and I don't think something has to be supernatural to be scary. But, you know, I mean, i.e. I Jaws. Jaws is definitely, I don't think you can argue Jaws out of the horror category. Like, I guess, um, maybe they have Jaws, a... Jaws, yeah, that's the OG. Yeah. Horror. It's probably like the first horror where the slasher was like an animal. Yeah, like a super. Like a oh, have you? And you know, they didn't they do a movie with Idris Elba where it's supposed to be kind of Jaws uh, but a lion beast. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, but honestly, it didn't really get my attention. I mean, come on, a lion. Yeah, you know that's definitely not as scary as a shark. I'll say that, but at the same time, I don't know if you've seen the trailer. They're like trapped on a cliff. That could that could probably be pretty scary. I mean. The thing with like creature movies like like that nowadays, like it's not that much in it because you can tell the thing's CG, especially oh, okay. yeah, like especially when it's super obvious. Like, cause one thing I do miss when it comes to horror movies is the practical effects. Yeah, when you CG, that's perfectly fine. But at least like, or at least how Jurassic Park did it. Yeah, and even then, I wouldn't even limit that to horror movies. Uh, CG is definitely a over relied, which in a weird way, CG. I like that you know people that are into that are getting more work. But now we kind of tip the scales, which they're getting too much work. They can't even take a breath before they have to film the next superhero flying. Yeah. Because at least like back in the day, like the way that we use CG, it was mostly for like, 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 uh, like, let's say Jurassic Park, for example, the shots of the uh, the T-Rex, like walking out of the, the fence. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. Obviously that to be CG, you have to make it move. But for any close up shots, it was all practical. Yeah. That's how it worked. But nowadays, like, all those scenes would be CG. Yeah, true. Even the backgrounds, everything. Because they, I guess it's it's just the easier way out. Yes. I mean, it's cheaper, but not that cheaper when, like, yeah. you come to the amount of time that goes into putting all that animation to work. Yeah. But anyway, like I was saying, Matthew, thank you so much for coming through. I had a blast talking to you. We got to have you on again for another episode. Oh, for, sure, for sure. Just let me know. Hit me up on uh, DMs. But listen, <laughs> preliminary date. You know, if uh, worst case scenario, we edit this, or worst case scenario, keep it in. December 14th to 15th, you can catch Noman at the MDC. Are, are they doing it at the tower? Or are they doing it at the. Yes, they're. I think they said that we're doing it at the Tower Theater, but also with uh, the Film Four students. Okay, cool. But again, Matthew, thank you so much for coming on today's episode. I had a blast. It was great getting to sit down and chat with you. Noman, I'm so excited to see the fi the final product. You've you've inspired me. Now I gotta go sit down and watch a horror movie to get ready because I don't want Noman to scare me too bad. Hmm. Oh, we'll see, we'll see about that in December. Okay. But pleasure, Greg. Thank you for having me. Of man. course, no problem, man. Thank you for coming. And if you guys haven't already, this has been the Greg Gab. You can catch us on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere a podcast is available. You can find us. Matthew, you got any social medias you want to plug before we wrap things up here? Yeah, my uh, Instagram is uh, at Matt Rob or at Matt.Rob96. 
for the YouTube people that want to know how to spell that, if you can't spell, I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you're like what my doctor thought I was when I was a young child with the eye doctor. It's Matt be right there on your screen. And Rob with two Bs. Gotcha. There you go. Thank you again so much, Matt. And thank you everybody for watching and tuning in. And we'll see you guys in the next one. This has been the Greg Gab. Keep chatting.